Okay, hey crew. Thank you so much for listening to the Social Media Manager podcast episode number one. Uh, So I'm Dakota Jean. I'm the owner of the Social Media Manager. I kind of wanted to start off my first episode um, with giving a, a sort of background on my story. Because I feel like, uh, I'm sure many of you go through this as well, um, but I feel like I have this sort of imposter syndrome, like, am I qualified to do this? (laughs) This seems crazy. Uh, But then I talk about my background and all the years of social media that I have, and then I'm like, all right, I can do this. Does anybody else suffer from imposter syndrome? I hope I'm not the only one. Or maybe I do hope I'm the only one because it sucks. All right, so let's bring it all the way back to the beginning. I was a student at Arizona State University in Tempe, Arizona, and I studied English literature. I basically was only good at that, which was reading, uh, comprehending what I read, and then writing about it. Uh, I was not always good at that, but we might get to that on another episode. Um, So that's why I chose that major. I really had no fucking clue what I wanted to do, right? I graduated high school and I started at ASU when I was just 17. I changed my major five times from English literature to journalism, to education, to creative writing, and back again to English literature. So I graduated when I was 21 years old. And I got a job at Allstate as a claims adjuster. (laughs) No offense to anyone who loves being a claims adjuster. I fucking hated it. I worked there for three months. And I can tell you, after five days, I knew I had to get out. I basically worked in a cubicle and... I was looking around me and, you know, most of my coworkers were like over the age of 50 and they had been working that exact same job for 30 years. So I realized I had to get out. It wasn't for me. And so I decided I was going to move to New York City. (laughs) Basically, my thought process there was that I actually wanted to be in fashion, but I just couldn't afford fashion school. So I figured, you know, I I went through this four-year university experience, and now I would take what I'm actually passionate about and make it happen with no experience. So I packed everything that I could into my car, and I moved to New York. Of course, you cannot do these things alone, right? I had a boyfriend at the time who was very supportive um, and moved there with me. And of course, my uncle Beto, who lives in New Jersey, he let us stay with him for two weeks um, or so while I was looking for an apartment in New York. So I found this amazing apartment in Williamsburg, um, two bedrooms, only $1,300 a month. I have no idea how I got so lucky to come across this place. I think it was Craigslist uh, that I found it. So this was back in 2011, kind of like when Williamsburg was just on the cusp of being the super cool place to live and all of the locals were getting all pissed off because we found out their secret haven. But I hustled really hard and I found an internship almost immediately with this PR company. And again, uh, just like at Allstate, 
I knew within just a couple of days that there was no way I was going to continue being an intern with this PR company, lugging around clothes from the Upper East Side to Hell's Kitchen to the West Village and back. Like, no way. Also, I am not going to get coffee for you people. Like, this is not what I moved to New York City to do. So I was lucky enough to see uh, that Nicole Miller was looking for interns. If you don't know, um, Nicole Miller is an amazing American fashion designer and has been in the industry for about 40 years. Just an amazing woman all around. So I somehow land this awesome internship at Nicole Miller. And I'm telling you, like, I looked stupid. Everyone looked freaking awesome and fashionable. And I was all like professional looking and I was just really embarrassed. Um, But somehow I still got the internship. And not to mention, like internships usually require you to be in college, uh, but they let it slide. So I must have impressed them somehow. So I worked uh, for free as an intern for seven months. I worked in every single department. I learned so much that I probably never would have learned in fashion school. Like I learned everything from designing clothes to the production of the clothes to selling them Uh, what trade shows looked like, and buying appointments. Uh, So my mentor, who was actually the CEO of the company, um, and he actually tragically passed away a couple of years ago, his name is Bud Kahnheim. He really took me under his wing and showed me the ropes, and I just adored him. I took everything that he taught me really seriously, and um, I'm really glad that I did. So basically, after seven months, (laughs) I went into his office and I was like, you know, I was just super nervous um, because I was about to ask him for something really big. And I was like, listen, I am starving. I need to make money if I'm going to continue being here at Nicole Miller. And don't get me wrong. I do not want to be anywhere else. Nicole Miller is the place for me. I want to be here. I don't want to get another job. So can you please start paying me? And you know what he said? He said, I thought you would never ask. (sighs) So that was my biggest lesson that I learned as an intern. I learned that, of course, you're not going to get anything handed to you, right? You have to ask for it. I probably could have been getting paid much earlier, uh, but whatever. It was obviously worth it. I got a job and I actually got a job as the brand and retail coordinator. And what that looked like was really honing in on what the brand looked like, smelled like, felt like, sounded like in our retail stores. So everything from the music to what our associates were wearing, the words we were using, and of course the merchandising. So what our racks looked like and what our mannequins were wearing. So that was really what I was doing. I was quickly promoted uh, to the director of retail. I definitely did not deserve this, by the way. I was like 22 years old and I was a director of a company, like an executive of a company. But that's what Bud did. He empowered me to really take control and make shit happen. 
And that's exactly what I did from day one. He gave me an aggressive goal and he was like, you know, we are not making money in our retail stores. So we're either going to shut them down or you have to turn things around. And I was like, well, uh, since you just gave me this job, I suppose I'm going to turn things around. And uh, basically I did. So a um, little backtrack, I guess. I, I did a study abroad semester in London um, when I was in school, and I studied international economics there. I was super interested in numbers. Like, it's hard to explain, right? Because it's not like I not like math. I couldn't really ever do math well in school, like in high school or even in college. Um, math was never my thing. But like this business math, I could understand for some reason. I took those learnings into this um, and basically looking at the numbers, it was pretty easy to see where we were spending too much. And so I realized that we were buying too many clothes, which is hilarious. Um, As Nicole Miller stores, like you want to have all of the clothes, right? Well, not necessarily. Women who are buying Nicole Miller in Soho aren't necessarily buying the same things and not even necessarily the same sizes as women in Los Angeles. So I got really good at buying. I just looked into what styles and sizes sold well in each city and we started making a profit. Uh, We did have to close down one location and uh, that did not make me happy. So because of that... um, I actually started entertaining new opportunities because I, I mean, I was getting job offerings left and right at that time. Um, so a headhunter contacted me, um, and she basically gave me three options for jobs. Um, I think, you know, one was Ralph Lauren, one was Hope Hippie, and, uh, the third one was Dash, which is the Kardashian owned boutiques. Um, and I, I ended up getting the dash job. I just FaceTimed with them a few times. Um, they flew me out and I did a two week trial with them in LA, which is so crazy by the way, like nobody does a two week trial, but because they're the Kardashians, they kind of need to make sure you're not crazy or just like a fan. And I wasn't either. I mean, I'm maybe crazy in other ways, uh, but definitely not a fan. I never watched the show before. I didn't really have a clear idea of who they were, in all honesty. So it worked out. When I worked there, um, I basically was given, once again, some really aggressive goals. Because I shit you not, the stores, and I hope I can say this, I think my NDA is cleared by now, but like the stores were doing so poorly that it was actually concerning. So example, um, the New York city Soho dash store, like that bank account only had $4,000 in it when I started. Um, and I was like, what is happening to give you some perspective? The Soho store was, I, I think I I'm remembering this right. Um, around $63,000 a month in rent alone. And like, that's on the low side, by the way, we were kind of grandfathered in. Um, so yeah, basically we were making all this money every month, but barely breaking even. So, uh, my job was really to turn that around. 
And at the time, each store had these amazing people who worked there who um, kind of took social media into their own hands and created their Dash store Instagram accounts, which I just thought was brilliant because they wanted to bring people in. And that's really what I wanted to do too with my aggressive goals. I knew that I needed to not only make the stores look amazing and hire these amazing Dash dolls and create an amazing retail strategy, but I also uh, really needed to do some marketing. Um, And, you know, just because the Kardashians owned it didn't mean that we were just getting all these people in the store and, you know, those people buying things. It really um, was a real business that I had to turn around. Um, So what I did is I decided to have all of the stores stop posting. And I took the largest account, uh, which was the Los Angeles account, and made that the main Instagram account for all of the boutiques. And I just started posting (laughs) and it was just kind of working. Um, And I needed help because that's a full-time job as we all know now. And I, I wrote a dash brand guideline, uh, called it the dash Bible, which really included like, what are we saying to people? What is the message we're getting across? What's the photography style like? And, um, and I gave that to the managers and I said, if you can come up with some posts every week, like some flat lays photographs, just on your phone, you know, of the dash dolls wearing the product, or even pictures of your beautifully merchandised racks or mannequins or window displays and just send them to me. And if I like them, I'll post them. And that's what happened. And it grew like crazy, uh, you know, up 58% in less than a year to over, Uh, 1.2 million followers. And, you know, this was back in 2013 before brands were utilizing Instagram to the extent that we do today for marketing. We were kind of ahead of the curve um, in that way, marketing the stores. So that is kind of how I got into social media. Um, And there's really a lot more to uncover here. Um, And I know there's always a lot of questions, especially when I talk about the Kardashians as my bosses. Um, So here's a few things that I'll tell you. Um, The Kardashians were wonderful to work for. Um, I know that's a question I get a lot. And no, I'm not going to tell you who my favorite is. And um, the reason why I quit, uh, we can talk about that. There was a show that they were creating, kind of like an offshoot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, called Dash Dolls. We were already being filmed a lot in the store, and it was kind of like no big deal for me. Um, I just remember watching football one Sunday and getting like a million text messages at once saying that they just saw me on the Kardashians, and I was like, what? Like, first of all, you watch that show? (laughs) And second of all, what are you talking about? It was really weird to see myself on TV. I didn't think that any of that stuff would be put on there. Um... I didn't think it would be very interesting, but um, anyway, so they were getting kind of serious about showing their business um, and kind of what it's like to be a Dash doll. Okay, but then it got weird. They basically hired a couple of models um, to be the Dash dolls, even though we had an amazing staff already who were all gorgeous, right? So they hired models and I had to like manage them like employees. It was kind of weird. 
They needed to learn the ins and outs of Dash, and so I had to train them. So I was a part of the pilot episode, and at the time, um, my boyfriend was with me, uh, and they had us go out to dinner, and they filmed us eating, and they had him ask me questions about what was going on with my job, and I would answer them. So the producers would have him ask some really weird questions, like, why do the Dash dolls hate you? (laughs) And I had this amazing rapport with my girls, um, like maybe except for with one of them. Um, so it was just kind of weird. And then I felt like it was just like, I was lying, uh, because they were trying to create this drama that didn't exist. So I was just unnaturally like, yeah. And it was just so stupid. So I walked home that night and I read over the contract that E entertainment gave me and it was 35 pages long. And I can't remember all of the specifics, but I just was not okay with it. Basically, they would own things that I created and sold up to 10 years after the show aired. I can't remember the percentage, but either way, I was like, no, the shitty show is only going to last one season, which it did. And I have to be like married to them for 10 years and they pretty much own everything no way. So I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do this show. I told E, I went to the Kardashians and I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing this show. And they were like, Oh, that's totally fine. Like we want you to be a part of it because we want to tell this story. Um, but that's totally fine. But so I decided not to do the show because it really wasn't my thing, right? Like I didn't sign up for that. Um, and it just made more sense for me to kind of be in the background. So of course the show goes on and I'm still working there and the camera crews are there every day, all up in my biz and we're not selling because everyone, you know, was so concerned about how they looked and how they sounded, um, as opposed to actually selling to our customers. So, you know, I couldn't reach my goals anymore as a director And I'm like, I can't work like this. You know, there is no way it's going to work. So I told the Kardashians, like, I actually need to put in my resignation, unfortunately. You know, like, I loved that job, by the way. uh, But I just, I just couldn't work like that. Of course, they accepted my resignation. um, And I actually found my replacement. She is amazing and did a great job. And then like years and years later, uh, the store shut down. And now that Dash Instagram account that I was talking about is Poosh. Okay, so let's flash forward. I moved back to New York City. Um, I'm a part of terrible organizations. Okay, I'm depressed. I get fired from one of my jobs because basically I only worked for there for, um, three months and they were going bankrupt and they actually fired me like a week before they went bankrupt, which was sort of nice because I was able to get some unemployment, unemployment benefits. But anyway, so I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Um, so I actually started selling my vintage collection that I had been collecting since I was a kid. 
And um, I can kind of get more into this on another episode, but it was called Frockify and it was kind of a success. I started an Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest account for it and it grew pretty quickly. Um, I just had a really loyal, awesome following. And and then I moved back to Arizona um, where I graduated college And basically, I was in the darkest time in my life. I didn't really realize it at the time, um, you know, that it was the darkest time of my life. Um, But I was going through a divorce. I was feeling like my vintage business wasn't very lucrative, you know, like it was making money, but I wasn't like really taking home any money. Um, And it was just kind of not fulfilling for me anymore. So I was just going through a lot of emotions. Then I get this call from a recruiter and they say um, that, you know, there's no fashion social media managers in Phoenix except for you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) And where are all of the fashion jobs? Um, And she's like, well, there aren't any really. Um, But there is this jewelry company that is looking for someone just like you. So I go and work for this jewelry company and really like I did so much for this company beyond social media, um, like content strategy and planning across all channels, including the website, the emails, the ads, the social media channels. And then also I was all executing all of these things, like literally sending the emails. And then I was project managing all of that. And, um, it was a lot. So I'm realizing after discussing my salary with my coworkers, which by the way, side note, discuss your salary with your coworkers. Um, it's important. But anyway, I realized that I'm making like far less than anyone else and I'm doing several people's jobs, right? So I'm like, what the hell? You know, like I'm valuable. I have worked for the fucking Kardashians you know, Nicole fucking Miller, (laughs) give me a break. So I asked for a raise and I didn't get it. And I knew that this was my cue to leave corporate life and start my own business. You know, like I can do this really well. So why don't I just do it? Uh, And then I acquired a couple of clients through people I know and through LinkedIn And all of a sudden I'm making enough money with, you know, my quote unquote side hustle while I'm working for the jewelry company. And I was like, I don't like working for this jewelry company anymore, you know, because I want to make money and I want to be happy and I want to do what I want to do, you know, which is social media. So I quit, you know, all on good terms uh, for the most part. And That is when I started the social media manager, and that's really where we are today. So this venture, you know, as it is right now, I'm sure there will be some changes and I'll need to pivot. Um, But what it really is, uh, is this free hub for you, your business, your brand, whatever it is that you're trying to grow digitally, this is going to be your hub to getting your updates, Um, to what's happening in social media, your tips, your tricks, um, all of these things that are are going to be useful for you, for your business to grow. 
um, ideas on how to really maximize your social media to turn your audience into customers without making them feel like customers. So that's really what my focus is going to be on. And in the world of social media, um, there's so much more to it that, you know, we're really going to be covering um, just awesome businesses and entrepreneurs who are utilizing social media to grow their business. Um, And, you know, I'm on this journey too as an entrepreneur, and I would love for you to be on this journey with me. Um, And hopefully, you know, this will be useful for some people. You know, I don't know if it's a good idea yet, but I do hope that um, I can help a few people with their business um, because this is something that I'm really good at and I want to share what I learned with you. Even if you're just starting from scratch or if you have hundreds of thousands of followers, uh, we're going to have some content for you, either on the podcast, on the blog, or our newsletter. So um, this is what I need from you. If you could throw me some ideas for what you want to learn or just anything you want to hear about when it comes to social media, do me a favor and direct message me on Instagram at Dakota Jean, D-A-K-O-T-A-J-E-A-N-E. And then if you uh, know of anyone that I should be interviewing, Um, Just go ahead and throw me some names while you're at it. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode, and I'll see you next time on The Social Media Manager. While you're at it. So I'm really excited to be on this journey with you. Thank you for listening to the very first podcast. This is terrifying, Um, but I appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Social Media Manager.